0: Welcome to the Tech Legal Matters podcast by iAfrican Radio. Since 2015, we at iAfrican.com have been doing research and publishing about significant data breaches and leaks across Africa. Some we have reported on publicly, while others were too sensitive and we simply notified the relevant authorities without publicly reporting on them. During the same period, we have also researched and reported extensively on cybersecurity, privacy and data protection related matters across Africa. What we have always observed is that not many people and organizations understand the legal implications of the various technologies that they use. In this podcast, we will explore these topics and more with a specific focus on the intersection of technology and the law, how that affects you as an individual, but also from a business perspective. New episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast will be broadcast every Friday. The podcast will also feature analysis, insights, and commentary from attorneys who specialize in information and communications technology law. My name is Defo Mohapi. And I will be your host. This episode of the Tech Legal Matters podcast is a recording from the World Cybersecurity Summit Africa Edition 2020. The event was successful in bringing in fresh narratives, innovative ideas, and awareness on key areas such as cyber threat intelligence, data governance, data privacy, and cyber relations across Africa.
1: I'd once again like to thank all our sponsors and partners, our platinum sponsor, East Vantage, our gold sponsor, No Before, our PR partners, Palorma International Limited, our podcast partner, iAfrican. So ladies and gentlemen, well, now we begin with our opening speech, which is gonna be happening on the, by the Ministry of ICT. On the Kenyan Cybersecurity Overview, the Communications Authority's first quarter report for 2018-19 shows us that the National Cybersecurity Center detected 3.82 million cyber threats, which is a rise from 3.46 million reported from the last quarter. Within the review period, the banking sector remained the most targeted industry, followed by the government institutes. These are the latest statistics from the National Kenya Computer Incident Response Team Coordination Center. Well, for our opening speech, which is going to be on the Kenyan government's approach on security's national cyberspace, we have with us uh, Richard Kiare, the Principal ICT Officer, Head, Policy and Research Unit, Ministry of ICT, Innovation and Youth Affairs, Republic of Kenya. Well, Mr. Richard has over 25 years of experience in the ICT industry. In his long career in government, Mr. Kiare has developed and maintained diverse systems for government implemented security mechanisms for different MDAs, carried out system audits and performed advisory roles to many public agencies on the diverse issues of ICT. Thank you so much, Richard, for joining us today.
2: Thank you very much. The government is quite wide. Sometimes you look at it as the orchestrator of the ICT ecosystem and also as a player in that particular ICT system. Just like you have correctly said, we have had a lot of incidences on cyber security. And we as governments are quite concerned and we have instituted measures which can really address the issues. I don't want to water so much. The that Kenya is ranked as one of the top 10 fastest growing digital economy, both regionally and globally, well, that is well known. I didn't quote the source. And we also were pleased to take great advantage of the digital, what you call the fourth industrial uh, revolution. I know that all the participants here are quite aware about the new revolution which is taking place. And as it is taking place, it is also coming with a lot of challenges. Just like you have correctly stated, we got some statistics from our National Cyber Incidents Response Team. I don't want to uh, belabor that. And what they have done is that they have given major categories of threats to be malware, the botnets, web application attacks, system vulnerabilities, and I've given the source where you can get that particular information. When we talk about challenges with incidences, although we have given the statistics there, we know there are so many incidences that go unreported. Many victims prefer to address the threat internally because it may have some business repercussions. We know that new threats keep emerging all the time and sometimes are difficult to resolve. Some threats may be active and the organization may not even be aware of. And then we also having a lot of peddling of fear about some technological devices. All the time we get a lot of, I don't know whether we call it misinformation. I was reading a WhatsApp message which was saying that our phones are spying on us. Our TV, our smart TVs are spying on us. In fact, last year we had a meeting, we are developing a system, a secret system for Parliament. We had some consultants from a certain country and what caught my eye is that they were all covering their cameras. So I engaged one of them and asked him, why do you have to cover your camera? And he said that it is possible for somebody to switch on your camera and spy on you without even you knowing. And then this one caught me by surprise because I always, every time my camera is on, the LED light comes on, the indicator light comes on. But he said it's actually possible. So we are still investigating that. We are doing a research on it to find out is it really true? Is it something that can really be a threat to us? We also have weakest issues. As government, we're always giving directions. A day to our people sometimes they do not take those particular policy directions very seriously. I'll just share my small experience with uh, computer fraud, online fraud. And I received a series of messages. I have a bank account, which I rarely use. Actually, I put most of my savings there. But then the bank a few years ago, they gave me the bank card. It is a Visa card. Then one morning, I, I'm in the office actually, around allowed noon. And then I saw a series of messages which were coming within seconds of each other that have made a purchase of certain items. And within about half an hour, they had cleaned my account. I called the bank, and then they said there's very little they can do about it. They were asking me whether I've done online purchases. I told them, even my card, I've never used it since you gave me, I've never even removed it from the box. When I went now to the investigative arms, they were not well equipped even to do the investigation. They were asking me now, I mean, do you have like, uh, where do you start? I mean, do you, do, uh, do you have any suspect of who could be perpetrating this? So at that point, I is there's very little I can do about it. And as government, we are very much aware about the cybersecurity threats and how they can impact the development and use of ICTs. And as we are trying to move online, the security for infrastructure and the resilience in the face of attack and coherent internal policies to protect citizens from abuse and illegal exploitation have become critical to our continued progress. So what we're doing as a government is to develop a comprehensive, defensive, and offensive cyber capabilities to address and resolve the threats as they occur. Some of the typical measures, what we have done is that we have addressed the security issues in the national ICT policy. I'll be talking briefly about that. We have enacted the Data Protection and Privacy Act. We have also enacted the Computer Misuse and Cyber Crimes Act of 2018. And also we have established a National Cyber Command Center among the many other initiatives that the government has undertaken. If I may just quickly rush over the National identity policy, uh, it is there, it's online, so I don't actually have to go into it. It was actually gazetted this year. We have been reviewing it for the last three or so years. It was taken to the cabinet for approval and then it was put in the Kenya Gazette, which now means it is officially a government policy. And it has addressed key areas in the issue of securing ICT and also creating an enabling environment for ICT. So one of the things or one of the provisions in that particular ICT policy is to recognize cybersecurity as a key pillar of national security, we know that these days, a nation can uh, a nation can be paralyzed if its ICT systems are paralyzed, and therefore, we need to take this very very seriously. Like now, if you look at that particular bank incidents, it made me, and I have been an ICT professional for many years, to start having misgivings about online transactions. Now, if I'm in ICT, What about the ordinary citizen, if they experience such an incident? Then there's also the establishment of a neighboring legal framework and building capacity in the investigative prosecution and the judicial arms of government. In my particular case, none of the investigative agencies could handle that. In fact, they were telling me they don't know where to start from. And they told me that when I talked to the, to, the prosecution, uh, to the prosecution team, they said this is actually something which is very, very difficult to prosecute. How do you gather evidence? And many other things. Then you have come up with security standards for use across government. And also, we are trying to create awareness on the importance of good security practices, not only within government, but also to the general population. We keep on running radio shows, trying to warn the public, don't disclose your passwords, even to your bank or whenever you get a call. But still we are getting a lot of incidences, people complaining day in day out that somebody called, they told me to review my password, uh, and then they, I, I give the password and then I could, not, I could no longer access my account or I could no longer access my phone. In, in, in the country, day in Kenya, there is a lot of uh, use on mobile money transfer, what we call M-Pesa. It is widely used across the country. And there has been a lot of fraud in the mobile money transfer market, what we call M-Pesa. Yeah? We also try to ensure the efficient mitigation of cyber threats in order to promote trust and confidence for online transactions. So what you're doing is that we realize that the, the cybercrime can have a lot of impact on what we do. But what we do is that, like you have seen, we have one arm which we call the communication authority. What they do is that they receive the cyber incidences and they give advisories. But as I mentioned earlier, some of, some of these incidences are never reported. So sometimes the communication authority although they're giving us statistics, they may not be representative of all the crime that is taking place. We're also trying to support the development of new generation technologies that can foster secure operations. And we're also trying to implement measures to protect the vulnerable groups, such as children and the elderly. Well, as I talk to you, I, I know a number of people, especially the people who are over the age of 70. These are some of the victims of the vicious crime on online transactions, getting calls, social engineering and so forth. And the last thing that we have done is to develop intelligence, defensive and offensive capabilities in the the cyber spatial dimension of the battle space of today and also of the future. And just like I've mentioned earlier, some of the measures that we have taken the Computer Misses and Cyber Crimes Act, the Data Protection Act, specific and effective legislative instruments on privacy, cyber crimes, ethical and moral conduct, encryption, digital signatures, copyrights and fair trade practices. We also try to examine the graphs in the regulatory capacity. Right now, we are conducting a lot of training among our people, so that they can be able to handle incidences properly. One thing is that we need to identify the threats and then the other thing is that we should be able now to address the threats as a occur. The other thing that, that we have done is to identify institutions that are what we call critical. And then we classify them as critical infrastructure. Those are infrastructures that can bring the government down or the nation to a standstill if they are attacked. And these ones will be required to demonstrate strict adherence to IT security management by complying with requirements set up by government or relevant regulatory authorities. When we talk about the government, you know, I say that I will look at it from two perspectives. The first perspective was the government as the orchestrator of the ecosystem. That means the government now is the one which is setting direction on the desirable state of ICT in the future. This they do through policies, They do through legislation. They do even by giving guidance. But then we also look at the government itself as a player in that cyberspace. Remember we have many systems which the government operates. Immigration, we collect data about our citizens. Registration of persons, actually last year we had a very successful campaign. We decided to digitize all the, the details of our citizens. We want to give them a new generation ID, what we call a Huduma number. And so we went around the country. We had uh, a device where we are picking biometrics of each and every person in the country. It is still in the process of being rolled out, but we hope that with this particular database, we'll be able, we'll be able now to respond more to things like crime, and also to address the concerns of the citizens much well. We also have uh, things to do with revenue collection in government. We have payrolls for the government and many other things. We are trying to digitize a lot of systems and most of our objectives is accessibility and utility. We want any Kenyan, wherever you are, in the country to be able to access government services. We also want affordability. We know that I I have not given the statistics for mobile penetration in the country, but it is estimated that as much as 80% of the adult population, they have access to mobile devices. So mobile devices are becoming very pervasive in the society. We also want systems that are convenient and easy to use. We also want systems that can grow. And also we want, lastly, call security, resilience, and availability, which possibly the panelists in this particular forum will help us address as government. Now when you talk about government, these particular systems, they're quite complex. And I have a diagram there. It is actually like on everything from local area networks, databases, hardware failure, system failure, programmers, operators, external environment, and so forth. All these are threats which are beforeing our government systems. Well, these are actually common threats which you may find anywhere, Where sometimes you may send a message and the message never reaches the, the person because there's inter- interruption. It could be confidential message, and then it is intercepted. Sometimes it could be modified, so that what, re, what goes to the recipient is quite different from what the sender intended. It could be a false message, and we have received, received quite a, a number of messages, which appear as if they have come from the government. They have the, the, the domain, but they never came from that station. And so we try to find out how can we fight some of, of all these challenges. I know most of the people in this particular panel are experts in that particular domain, but uh, as government, we are concerned about that, those particular incidences. So what we have done is that we have come up with a, what you call a government security strategy, where we try to prevent, we have proactive detection and also containment. We have implemented a number of measures like perimeter security, access control, and we also have if, if an intruder is able now uh, to go beyond the wall, we have intrusion detection systems or intrusion prevention systems. We are also able to collect, conduct forensic analysis to find out actually how, did that, how was that attack perpetrated. And if the intruder is able to hit the target, are we able to recover very quickly? If you look at some like the mobile money market, most Kenyans are so dependent on M Pesa. Uh, M Pesa is actually a, a form of transferring money. And I think they transfer, I don't have the figures of it, but could be billions of shillings on a daily basis. And there was time this system was down for a few minutes. And it, it brought like some social upheaval. People were depending on it to fuel vehicles at petrol stations. Others were in restaurants, but they could not transact. So you can see these are some of the systems that we want to recover as quickly As possible. And when you talk about security, we are trying to focus on quite a number of areas as a government. Uh, Possibly you have heard about the public infrastructure. We want to have our own digital certificates. We are trying to come up with measures on cryptography. Uh, How can we ensure that transactions are secure end to end? Cryptography, uh, some of the techniques that are being investigated in making sure that all the transactions that take place in the government systems they are secure. We're also trying to look into the area of law investigation and ethics. We have been trying to train our people in the judiciary, in the Office of the the Director of Public Prosecution and also in the police force so that they are able to handle Uh, Cybercrime. Well, I don't want to go so much into all these particular domains, security management, security architecture, physical security. That that means we try to secure our systems. Uh, Business coordination and disaster recovery planning. We have a number of disaster recovery sites. uh, But I will not discuss about them here because some of them are confidential. Operational security, application system security, and also safeguarding of telecommunications and network security. All those are typical areas that the government of Kenya is focusing on. And I know panelists, uh, we are going to learn much on how what the government and other parties are doing on this particular area. And then uh, when you look at the typical approaches, we can look at it from policies, technologies, processes, and so forth. I go back to the, what I had said, said earlier about our targets on digitization. The last one I said, when I talk about accessibility, affordability, convenience and use, ease of use, scalability, the last one was security, resilience, and availability targets. So number one, we want zero security breaches. Number two, we want 99.99% availability. So we hope in this forum, we can help the government and the country achieve the targets, new security breaches and also 99.99% availability. I do not intend to take a lot of your time because I know most people are eager to hear about the initiatives other people are taking. This is a learning uh, session. So I would like to stop at that stage and then back to you, the organizer. Thank you so much.
0: Remember to tell your friends, family, and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrican.com forward slash radio and subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.